This is Tim Beck, head coach of Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Shout out to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It's kind of a lot of fun. Welcome back to another summertime edition of Fun Belt Podcast. With me is Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. How are you doing, Dusty? We're making it through. It's uh, yeah. what two months till kickoff of season? Three I months. It's like sixty-eight days. I think I missed sixty-nine days when it's really nice to notice it, but I missed that. Shane Metlin is also with us from the Daily News Record Pulitzer Prize winning sports writer Shane Metlin. Shane, how are you? I am good as always. <laughs> have you been tickling the keys? I have noticed that you've been pounding out some stories. I've been trying yeah. to. A little bit, many as I can. Some stuff to write about in the summer. Yeah, I I noticed that James Madison put together their own NIL collective. It's up and running, and just in time for all the 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 tax news to break. But <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> always the the funny thing about that is they got their like letter of approval for five hundred one three C, yeah, uh, or C three, whichever it is, uh, as a nonprofit, literally like days before the, the irs then sends out the memo saying like hold up maybe maybe not so i don't know if this really qualifies guys yeah, yeah. i don't know i i think i think it's going to be kind of a, a, a weird thing somebody will figure it out until then it's great to have the nil up because you need it you need that to compete now so but let, let me ask are, are y'all really surprised that uh, a nils have really kind of exploded like we expected everyone has one everyone has the collectives and everything else but that the nca now has kind of gone back and now want to drop the hammer on everybody saying our rules are more important than your state rules they're more important than anything it's our way or we're dropping the hammer I, you know all right i'll, I'll jump in on that and shane will probably have a much more nuanced point to that but my thing is when when I was looking at the the NIL collaboratives and how they're being put together, it really is a wild west. There are ru- different rules for everyone, and that to me was a mess. And I know that liking anything from the NCAA is is always unpopular, but there has to be someone to say, "Hey, th- this is how it works for everyone, guys." It can't work different from one school to another because then they're simply just going to be advantage in other states. And that's that's what's going to lead, in my mind, to having like just one small league of of, 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 of programs doing well. But Shane, maybe you have a different different viewpoint than I do on that. No, I mean, it's definitely better if there's, a, you know, overall set of rules for everyone and we're seeing you know different states come up with different things but my thing is that this is entirely ncaa's fault that there's different rules all over the places because they had years absolutely get ready for nil they knew that these lawsuits were going through the courts and they waited until the last minute that the supreme court made a ruling to take any kind of action and by that time it was too late and they could have come up with a rule and said, this is what the NCAA is going to do two years before the Supreme Court forced their hands. And then it never would have gotten to this point. Well, well that, I, I, go ahead. They were, they were already kind of waving the white flag because if you remember, the NIL stuff came out during COVID. We didn't know if there were going to be seasons. We didn't know what was really going to happen on the academic or, or the athletic front. And so they were like, sure, you can do whatever you want. You know, the, the world's about to end anyway. But when it didn't, now they've already committed to kind of having the Wild West, no rules, no holds barred type of setup. And now they want to walk it back as opposed to, like you said, being proactive and saying, all right, if you want to pay your players, here's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, Ed O'Bannon filed a lawsuit, what, 10, 13 years ago about the NCAA, the college basketball video game saying, hey, if they're going to use us, we should get paid for this. 
So they've known since then that this was the direction it was going to go. Eventually there was going to be name image likeness where like you couldn't tell somebody they can't sell a t-shirt with their face on it or whatever anymore. If they had just set up a rule saying that was okay, that you can like market yourself five years ago before it got to the courts, I don't think it ever would have gone to the courts. I think people would have been like, okay, great. Now I can like give tennis lessons or I can sell my own Jersey or I can have my own clothing line or I can do a YouTube channel or whatever. And it wouldn't have gotten to this point of craziness where there's different sets of rules all over the place. If yeah, they just made their own set. Isn't part of the problem is that the NCAA just really put all their eggs in, oh, we're just going to preserve amateurism. It's never going to. I mean, they spent millions of dollars in those laws. They kicked the can like down the road until like there was no road left. And I, I did they really not think that this was inevitable at some point that like, you know, they could have preserved it. So like they could have had their own set of rules and said, no, you can't just pay somebody to play. But what was ever the point of like telling, you know, a volleyball player who also happens to design clothes that she couldn't sell her clothing line. I mean, it didn't make yeah. any sense or that the tennis player couldn't charge a hundred bucks to like teach somebody a backhand. Like it, it never made any sense to like not allow people to do that. And they held off on that so long mm-hmm. that they eventually like just lost all control. But I, I also feel like though, that we've, we've kind of crossed the threshold of no return that the one thing that they don't want is the unionization of players. And by all accounts, a student athlete is no longer a student athlete. They are a contractor, employer, employee of the university. And and with that, I'm waiting for the not, hey, Shane, uh, you're not going to get much play time. It might be better if you transfer to this FCS school or, or this other smaller D1 school. And instead it's, hey, Shane, you dropped too many balls running routes. You're fired. You're done. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. And I don't know what you do about that. Like it, it, like I said, it's kind of just all become a mess where like, if they'd have been proactive, they kind of probably could have like kept prevented this from getting to this point. Yeah. But Shane, isn't there a, and Tibbs, isn't there like a perhaps a way that the NCAA, even though they're late NCAA, even though they're late to the party, that they can somehow lasso this all together and find a way not to 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 bring about Tibbs' nightmarish vision of college athletes getting fired for dropping too many passes. I mean, is this isn't this a way for right now the way for the NCAA to kind of find that that sort of uh, perfect mixture to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be that much different. I don't know. Like. If you if you say you got if you're on a one year contract every year that you signed up to play on a team, would it be that much different than what it is right now? Because, yeah, I mean, if you can't play at the level that the coaches want you to, like, they'll they'll find a way to get rid of you. <laughs> like at this point, anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it that's what happens. Like in truth, I mean, maybe somebody sticks around begrudgingly or like out of spite and just collects their scholarship money, you know, and they're not ever going to play sure. knowing the coach hates them. But like, for the most part, players get ran off all the time. Absolutely. But you know what, maybe we should turn this discussion to something a little more positive because this NIL discussions kind of pissing me off, but I have the positive spin for you though, Jeremy. Thank you. Oh God. Thank you very much. What you got? And st- instead of worrying about how are we going to pay the players uh-huh. to get them to sign off on it, right? We just need to up the royalty amount and have EA Sports drop the new NCAA football generic numbers. Uh-huh. You cannot name your players, and they release it. It, it funds everybody's NIL. It funds everybody's collective. Everybody's happy. I get to play NCAA where ULM wins a national title. Whoa. Not, there's no algorithm 
where that's going to happen. I'm sorry, but I love your idea. That's very cool. Let's let's go ahead and propose that. Write it up. I have 150 characters on our Twitter. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, it's been kind of exciting to see this new sort of challenge, sort of grab the imaginations of Sunbell teams right now. This new challenge between the Mac. Sunbelt versus Mac challenge. We got our list of 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 opponents that will be meeting in November, and then later we get to I guess meet in was it February, where the RPI rankings or not the RPI? I'm sorry, the net rankings will kind of determine the matchups. But right now we've got a set of matchups, and uh, you know what? I, I I don't know a whole lot about the Mac. I don't follow the Mac very closely, but it seems like a, like it's almost almost like two peer conferences getting together and dusting it up. What do you think about it, old uh, Shane? What do you think? Is this something that's going to help both conferences in terms of increasing their own net? I think it should. I mean, it can't hurt. I, I mean, it's <laughs> nothing. Too solid. I mean, there's two. <laughs> the the top half of your conference is going to get two solid non-conference games sure and those are kind of hard to come by like these days i don't know i mean i just saw where appalachian state's going to uh open the season against a team i never heard of uh like not even an ncaa division three team not an naia team it was whatever that like christian athletic association uh like they're paying them i think four thousand dollars to come play open the season season in boone (laughs) like it those it's hard to get like a game that anybody's going to care about because you know everybody wants to play home games and everybody wants to play you know arkansas doesn't want to go play in jonesboro no as I, I've heard that from somewhere. Yeah, uh, you heard that from yeah. me. But, but here's yeah, the thing about it, Shane, is that I kind of get it. These these high-profile teams, you know, it doesn't do them any favors to come visit a, a Appalachian State in Boone or James Madison in Harrisonburg or a ULM in, in Monroe or all these places because the Sun Belt, as, as sort of mediocre as it's been in basketball, still has the ability to beat those teams. <clears throat> Even if you beat Sunbelt teams, it doesn't really affect the net very much. So <laughs> where's you know, so to, that's to me why maybe this this tournament is something that can finally be the catalyst that that sort of propels the Sunbelt into a next tier of basketball competition. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to propel to a next tier, but I think it's at least going to keep you where you're at like as opposed to it it's just getting really hard difficult to schedule games because you know I've, I've written about this we talked about this like the sunbelt has their plan to game the net system and it's play a bunch of home games and even if they're bad teams if you win home games and have a good record yeah. home games are easier to win so play them at home yeah just win, just win 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 it doesn't matter if you're playing somebody terrible um you know the sunbelt's not the only conference that's figured that out but is so that everybody's working? trying to everybody's trying to play home games. So like I don't think that's you got to make this thought, deal with you got to make I this thought, deal with the Mac so you at least have one home game. See, I thought the whole purpose of net was to push programs out of their home stadium and go out and, and play people on the road. In fact, I thought what net was supposed to do was somehow reward you even if you lost on the road. It it, it the formula made it to where you were rewarded more than for staying at home. Well, that's how they kind of build it when they came up with it. But, yeah. you know, the people that crunch the numbers have decided that's not really the way it works, that you're better off beating a yeah. bunch of bad teams at home than going. I, I, I think to a certain degree, like if you can go play a bunch of top 50 teams on the road yeah, and win a couple of those, that's good. But those are hard games to get and they're hard games to win. But that's, that's sort of the difference between the major conferences and the Sun Belt too, is, you know, they do that in their conference schedule where, you know, say Wake Forest goes and plays 
10 road games at Virginia Tech, at Clemson, at all these teams that are like top 75, top 100 road games. They get all those games. Yeah. And App State just down the road is not getting 10 of those games a year. Yeah. They get one. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, the alternative is to just try to have a good record and win those games at home because they've decided that it's a lot easier to win a game at home than it is on the road. So, Tibbs, who's the UM getting in the uh, in November? Who we got? Men are getting Central Michigan. Oh, okay. Women are getting the University of Miami, Ohio. Oh, nice. Okay. I, I, but I, I, I will say this. Okay. First of all, App State opens against Oakland City, oh. a school in Indiana. You have never heard of Oakland City. Come on, Matlin. I thought you I've were heard of cities named before. Oakland. <laughs> Whose slogan is okay. enter to learn, go mm. forth to serve. That is deep. I love and it. And take an L in Boone. <laughs> I added the last part. But no, I, I I like a lot of these matchups. A couple of them I would have liked to seen flipped and and, and changed up a little bit. Very okay. minor. I like the Cajuns against Kent State. Cajuns yeah. being the tournament champions this past year. Kent State right, the being the tournament champions of the MAC last year. The Rockets of Toledo. Yeah. They need to travel to Troy or Troy to them for a battle of the T's. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, I was disappointed that Arkansas State wasn't able to get Buffalo. Uh, Brian Hodgson was an assistant at Buffalo. I would have liked to have had that storyline. Instead, we we get uh, Bowling Green. Uh, you know, Falcons. Yeah, I don't know much about Bowling Green except that uh, that it's up there in Kentucky. But uh, I'm looking forward to that game. That's going to be really cool. It's actually a different Bowling Green. What? The Bowling yeah. Green University is in Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah. Oh. West Kentucky's in Bowling Green. <laughs> I can't wait for somebody from the MAC to just drop the hammer on me for not knowing that. <laughs> I hope that, well, I hope It's confusing. That, I hope we have We're, that reach. I it'll be really confusing if Western Kentucky ever ends up in, uh, in the MAC. Yeah, we, I uh, Western Kentucky was in there. Okay, all right. We always talk about getting a show sponsorship. Uh, Jeremy, you, you just drove home the fact that we need a sponsorship from Garmin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, cause it's maps. Yeah. Oh, I get it, Tibbs. Way to go. I like that. Doesn't James <laughs> Madison have a pretty good, intriguing matchup? They do. Uh, men and women. They, they got the, uh, the Kent State matchup that you, uh, <laughs> you, you lamented. I, I do kind of wonder. If the, since they just sort of they announced these recently, I wonder if they were kind of waiting to see what the rosters looked like a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned they they matched up the tournament champions, the regular season and tournament champions on the women's side. They matched them up with JMU and Toledo. I wonder if they maybe switched it up on the men's side when Jordan Brown left Louisiana. Because if you go by well, if, if you go by like a if they like Bart Torvik, the analytics site that kind of, you know, crunches the numbers on everybody's roster. Mm-hmm. Louisiana went from like top 100 borderline best in the Sun Belt to I think number 212 <laughs> the day that Jordan Brown went in the transfer portal. Oh my so God. I, I wonder if maybe they switched that matchup up a little bit late mm-hmm. in the process just to try to like, predict maybe who's going to finish where jordan brown i, I believe a, a preseason sunbelt player of the year i don't know if he ended up sunbelt player of the year i forget ended up at memphis so yeah yeah there's some news there you can still go see him play i do yeah well yeah. i don't he, we don't play them this year but i could but it's go. close you can yeah go. it's close the proximity is close yeah so i i think it's what we all agree on guys it's, it's kind of a good thing to have this Mac deal. Maybe I'll learn more about the Mac. I'll learn more about Bowling Green. I thought it was in Kentucky. I guess it's in Ohio. It's one of those Ohio schools. 
But uh, on the women's I, side, I'm definitely anxious to see that James Madison Toledo matchup. Toledo yeah. won the MAC last year and got a first round NCAA tournament win, beating Iowa State before getting blown out against Tennessee in the second round, but still able to get a postseason win. That's that's huge. Yeah, you look going at those- up against, going against the Russians of Duke. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be a good game. Yeah, yeah, but that's two teams that had similar seasons last year um like you said toledo got the win in the first round jmu was winning in the first round ended up kind of like running out of gas on ohio state's home court but yeah that should be on the women's side that's one to definitely keep an eye on those are probably uh probably the favorites to win the conferences again i'm still saying ulm seller this past year for women's basketball fifth place if not better this year yeah, you were you, you're really high on Warhawk women's basketball, and I'm glad to have you have that excitement back in your eye, Tibbs, because it was dead for women's basketball for so long, and now it's back. It's back. I can see it. I can see see like the the lines on your face disappearing. You have you have de-aged by 20 years. I I, I felt like Craig Stevens for a while when we. Talked to him last about women's basketball, and he's like, "I don't know. They were so bad, I didn't even care." <laughs> I, I, I definitely had some, uh, some moments like that for sure. Oh man! So, all right. So, basketball's looking good. What else is looking good? Maybe some football recruiting. I, I, I don't, I don't know enough about other teams to really dig into football recruiting. But I will say that Appalachian State has an incredible number of players already committed. Twenty players right now. Southern Miss 15. Everybody else is kind of like seven, six, three, whatever. Appalachian, Appalachian State and Southern Miss kind of getting it done really quick. What's going on? The momentum. Yeah, I, I think that the disappointment from last year uh-huh. of App State having arguably the best team in the Sun Belt entering the season. Yeah. And having not a damn thing to show for it. Yeah. Except for what the A and M game, and we saw the A and M sucked. That they had game day and had a thriller. That really, with that team, yes, I know Troy won the conference title. Yes, I know Troy was good. Troy was one of my favorite teams going into the season and throughout the season. But they still should have manhandled Troy that week, especially coming off that A and M win and didn't have it done. Clark might be a little bit on the hot seat. Oh, I don't, Clark. You know what? Maybe you know the way things are now. But Sean Clark might—it might just be Sean Clark's hot under the collar. And it's like, man, we need to, we need to kick some butt this year. Maybe seeing a team like James Madison too coming in on the East, being the new guys and making waves. Maybe he's like, all right, I can no longer rest on my laurels. Yeah, I think there's some too. I mean. You can take a lot of commits early because you can go over the 25 limit for this class. Um, I think a lot of high school kids want to commit early because they've seen teams go crazy in the portal, like in the uh-huh. spring, if they're not already committed. Um, so I think, you know, Southern Miss, App State, even JMU, like I think they've got up to 12 or 13 commitments now. They didn't get their fifth till after the 4th of July last year. Yeah. So they've more than double up where they were a year ago. I think it's just, I think it's to some degree, it's just coaches want to fill up early because they can go over 25 and they don't have to like be as picky. And also the kids want to commit early to avoid not getting the spot because of the transfer portal later on. Hey, you know what too, is that decommitting doesn't really have the stigma that it used to have. Used to be committed, you know, you were like, oh, you can't even rely on this guy. He's going to decommit on you at some point. Now it's like almost how you market yourself. You you commit to a team and then you're like, you have that, you can decommit and have that sort of attention brought on you all (laughs) over again. So, yeah. Yeah. So Appalachian State, you know, they have 20 now. Yeah. I don't know what they'll finish with, but they'll probably be guys that kind of back off. So, yeah. What's exciting though? We have a four-star coming into the belt if he signs in December as anticipated. Linebacker Chris 
linebacker Christopher Jones out Ooh. of Flowood, Mississippi, staying home to go to Hattiesburg and be a part of Will Hall's Golden Eagles. Ah, that's a good catch for Will Hall. Kind of like what uh, what uh, what Shane was saying, kind of capitalizing on that on that heat from having that great unexpected football season. Will Hall surely had a great inaugural season with the with the team. Now he's collecting four stars. Hey, is that going to move the? Is that going to push? Is that raise the bar for the rest of the Sun Belt? Are we going to be like, all right, it's not enough to have a bunch of three stars. Now we got to get these four star guys too. Well, maybe even more than the stars themselves, because like we all know that, you know, when it comes to like two, four, seven or on three or whatever, it, it's kind of hit or miss how much they cover like different group of five sure. teams and their recruits. But like you guys tell me, because you've been following recruiting in this conference longer than I have. Well, let us tell you. It seems to me like there's more guys who are committing that also have those like kind of middle of the pack power five offers mm-hmm. like you're seeing guys commit to like Marshall or JMU or wherever that also have the offers from West Virginia and Iowa state and Boston college, or, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to just beating out Buffalo and Kent state for these guys. Like it seems yeah, like I mean, maybe overall the conference is getting a few more of those guys. I, I think it's the caliber of player. I mean, if, if you think about just average, average player, a standout Sunbelt player, in theory, would be second string guy at a P5 school. So to get the second string guy at the P5 school, you still got to have the offer and get him to sign, get him to commit. And so I think a lot of the fallback guys for P5 become the standouts in the Sunbelt. I'll tell you another though thing that might be contradict you a little bit on that, Tibbs. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but we've seen at least in Arkansas state P5 come to Arkansas state, whether they transfer or whatever. And they have this idea that they're just going to dominate. And then they get a cold dose of water when they realize, Hey, the the guys are big here in the Sunbelt too. The guys can be fast in the Sun Belt too. Now, no, you're not going to have that depth that you have in P5 leagues, but the front 11 that you put out are going to be top tier athletes. And they realize that, oh, well, I'm not going to get a thousand sacks <laughs> here playing in the Sun Belt like I thought I was going to get. So, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's an, uh, I feel like bringing like the Sun Belt, especially in the last five years has realized that you can't just recruit raw athletes, athletes that are, you know, just kind of guys that don't quite fit neatly into the puzzle and sort of mold them for four years until they become like a a wide receiver or defensive lineman. You've got to get guys now that are almost ready to play and at a high level. I think, I think programs like coastal Carolina programs like Appalachian state kind of help the Sun Belt understand that because I know that Arkansas State recognized that after years of leading the Sun Belt, you know, they got arrested on their laurels. Say, oh, we can just bring in anybody. And, you know, we'll have four years to turn them into somebody. They might be undersized. They might be a little slow, but we'll find a position for them. You just can't do that anymore. You've got to up your recruiting game. I think that's what the Sun Belt has done. In addition to that, I know everyone wants to focus on the stars. Oh, here's what Rival has 24-7. And that's important. Sure it is. We all want to sign, you know, the the five-star class, all 25 guys and and so forth. (laughs) But I find it so difficult, even as a Rivals guy, to take these rankings seriously when I still get excited thinking there was news that I missed. Idaho is still listed in the Rivals database as being in the Sun Belt. They're still listed in the uh, 24-7, too. Well, maybe and, and New Mexico State is. The Vandals are currently 12th in Sun Belt recruiting, above <laughs> Arkansas State and your defending Raging Cajuns. <laughs> ah, those damn Vandals. Fellas, fellas, have you played, did you play video games when you were kids? Like, what was the first console that you had in the house. I'll age myself 
Yeah. We had an Atari when I was really little and then wasn't allowed to get like the original Nintendo Mm. for a while. Then had a Game Boy. I don't know if that was supposed to be better with my parents, but yeah. So that's how old I am. That's Mr. In my 40s. How about you, Tibbs? What was the first console that you had in the house? Commodore VIC-20. What? It was a computer and it actually had the capability to have Atari joysticks hooked up to it. We had Space Odyssey. Oh, we okay. we had uh it wasn't Pac-Man, but it was something similar to that where you it was used a Pac-Man to Pac Man ripoff? Yeah, it was great. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, all right. I'm gonna date myself a little bit. I, I had the Atari too. That was the first that was the first console that came out. No, you had the Abacus, Jeremy. Uh, no, I didn't have the abacus, but we did have access to a pong. Like I remember being a very little kid, and my uncle brought the pong over to our house, and that was just that just like blew my mind that you can somehow interact with the television set. It was just sort of a game changing moment. Now, was there a game with you guys that really? Captured your imagination, captured your attention. What was that first game that really just got you in? Little League Championship Baseball on Nintendo. And okay. I still I still find the ROMs and play it every now and again because I was a little leaguer. I wanted to go to Williamsport. I mm-hmm. wanted to play. Yeah. But I never had the chance to. Jay? Yeah. The first one I probably really got into was NBA Jam. <laughs> as yes. far as like the you know really trying to like do well and like looking up cheat codes and codes to unlock easter eggs and things like that that was probably the first time i was really really into the game yeah i think the first game that i was really into was something called river raid for atari the the graphics for river raid was actually pretty good for atari and if you got to the end of the game you you were supposed to take like a picture of the end screen, which did like fireworks or whatever. And then if you sent that picture to the makers of River Raid, they would send you like a T-shirt. Those bastards still owe me a T-shirt because I sent the picture and everything never got it. So makers of River Raid, if you're hearing me right now, you owe me now a size extra large. Back then you could have gotten away with a with a medium or even a small. But now I want that extra large River Raid T-shirt. Guys, I, I bet your brother took it from you. He probably did. He probably beat me to the mailbox. All right, guys, I got a pleasure for you. Because in the time that we were kids and we were playing video games to now, video games have merged to a, to a point where it's really, it, it, it's taken over, it's not taken over society, but it's ingrained in the society in a way that maybe we didn't understand as kids. Now it's become, in a way, more of a sport than it is a game. And recently, my alma mater, Arkansas State, started an esports program, which, uh, in my you know ancient mind, was wild esports po- program. What can you do with that? And I want to know more. I want to I want to figure out how it works. I want to figure out what games are played. I want to know how tournaments go go on. I want to know who the competitors are. So we brought in this guy. We brought in Felding Belk. No, no, I'm sorry. Fielding Belk. I called you Felding, even though I promised myself that I wasn't going to do that. Feeling, I'm very sorry. Felding, Fielding Burke. Fielding Belk. Do you even know who we have, Jeremy? I don't even know who we have. I mean, I know, I, I know you're hungover. You're <laughs> probably still hungover. drunk from Arkansas State winning I'm the national old. title in Candy Crush. But Yes. <laughs> Fielding Belk, Arkansas State, Director of Esports. Welcome to the program. Please help us out. Tell us a little bit about esports, how it began, how it started, how it's going, and where it's going. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for having me. And do not worry, I'm called everything under the sun just because <laughs> fielding is hard to say sometimes. Uh, not hard to say. I'm just dumb. Sorry. No, nah, you're good, my man. You're good. Uh, yeah. So my name is uh, Fielding Belk. In our esports community, I go by Goody, um, G O O D Y. That's what I have on my jersey. Um, just grew up with that name. It's kind of like, you know, you make a name when you're when you're 12 and you just stick with that name forever. So you can call me Fielding, you can call me Goody, whatever you want. Um, so as far as the esports team goes on campus, uh, it, it began, let's see, when did I start school? I started in 2016, so it began in 2017. Um, 
at the time it was kind of shoehorned in by um the title nine coordinator at the time um decided to volunteer and be the director we got really lucky and got an awesome uh headquarters that we call it uh, it's a very nice facility um you know packed with 15 custom computers all that they can run top of the line games top of the line frames per second we have our own server in there so we never lag there's no latency um they all have headsets keyboards mouse chairs everything you need it's an awesome space um yeah so when it started in 2017 uh, i was a sophomore at the time I was kind of missing competition because I played baseball growing up. Um, wasn't good enough to make the A-State team. So or I didn't try to walk on, whatever. We'll, we'll skip that. Uh, but, <laughs> I feel uh, like you probably could have walked on. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, the, I don't know, maybe. I, I definitely miss baseball. But, but eSports kind of filled that hole. And uh, I was playing Rocket League at the time. Mm-hmm. And I got an email and I was like, it said, we're starting an eSports team. And we're having tryouts. If you're interested, come try out. So I went and tried out. And at the time, I was very bad at Rocket League, right? I wasn't the best. So I made the B team. Um, we had two teams at the time. Made the B team. Uh, so I played from my sophomore year to my senior year. By the end of that, we only had one team. So I was a sub for the A team. And, uh, man, it was just a blast, like, getting in there and having structured practices in a video game. You think it's crazy. But when you have a structured practice and you run sets and you run plays in a video game, it's it's a whole nother level of competition. And it's way more fun than just playing at your house. Now, is there a coach or is there <laughs> are you guys kind of self-coached like you guys kind of get together and make up the plans? Or is there someone who's in charge who says this is what we're going to do? Yeah. So at the time, we did have a coach for a handful of our games when we first began. Um, our old Rocket League coach, his name is Hootie Who, and he now coaches professional Rocket League. Uh, he's, he's a big name in the scene. So if you, if you find him on Twitter, he's, he's very popular. Um, but yeah, so he was the coach at the time. And when he moved on, it was kind of left in the hands of the best guy on the team is kind of our captain slash coach. Cause he has the most knowledge on the game. He's going to tell us how to play. And that's kind of how we operate now. We, we are not able to have, you know, a full-time coach unless it's a student. Um, so normally it's the best player on the team tries to coach the lower ranked players and so far that's worked great and even in most games you'll have a captain and you'll have an igo which is called a, it's an in-game leader so they're calling the shots they're saying hey we're gonna run this we're gonna counter with this and we're gonna do it this way um you know they'll they'll bounce that roll around depending on what match they're in and depending on who's got a better feel that day um so it's really whoever wants to step up and be a leader that day it, it changes every day so you said you mentioned you had jerseys, which I think is great. Yeah. Those jerseys online, they're awesome. They're great. But do you end up going to like venues to meet up or is it all just online? Can everybody just sort of. Yeah. So in their home place. So what we do, I like to try and require everyone to come in. If not for practice, you need to be in the headquarters to play your competition because same as, you know, just complain by yourself when you're in a room with your teammates and you make an awesome play or you do something super cool and you got your guys to your left and your right and you can look over and you can give them fist bumps and like get super loud. Uh, that is awesome. But as far as, you know, going and playing in a land competition, um, that's definitely something that we are interested in. We haven't had the opportunity to just yet. Um, you know, hopefully we get this Sunbelt, uh, conference running a little bit and we are able to travel. Um, and compete and or even host our own thing here on campus or you know at the embassy suites um they've showed a little bit of interest in that when i i used to work there so i i, I, I asked i asked them and i was like what do y'all think about this and they said well you know write it up and we'll see what it's about so um but as of now we really just wear our jerseys uh around town and to you know recruiting events on campus well now you mentioned having like a sunbelt conference uh, uh sort of league which sounds great how is the league structured now as it is yeah so there's a handful of leagues that you can play if you're a collegiate player um top of the line for different games so for call of duty you have your ccl collegiate cod league best of the best teams those are full scholarship teams coaches full-time staff everything like that 
Um, Rocket League is CRO, Collegiate Rocket League. League of Legends is CLOL, Collegiate League of Legends. Um, and the list goes on. But the leagues that we play in, what we focus on right now is uh, NECC. So that's the, let me check, let me double check. I forget what the NECC stands for. Here we go. Wait. Well, I'll forget that. So, anyways, NECC is what it is. Something collegiate conference. Uh, but yeah, so there's the NECC and the NACE, which are the two like front runners for the best of the best for schools that maybe are partial scholarship or maybe a club sport like we are. So, um, NECC is what we focus on. We love the leadership over there. Um, the whole league is actually run by a current college student. He's also a graduate student. Um, but he's got a whole list of, of employees under him. He's got, you know, directors of this committee and, and, uh, the list goes on. It's, I'm astonished how, how he has got this going. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's divisional base based on your location in the U S. Um, and it's also based on your skill. So if we play a match and, you know, we match up against maybe a, just for example, the best collegiate team in the country, in my opinion, is called Northwood. And they are just a, they are a collegiate esports school. They don't have a football team. They don't have a basketball team. They just play esports. Wow. They're all they're all full ride scholarships. They're all like future pro players, if not two way pro players. Um, so nor if we were to run into a Northwood, we would never see them again because they are way up here on the skill ladder. We're a little there's four rungs of skills. We're in the second and third rung most times. Um, before the season starts, you play placement matches against teams that are similar ranked to you in your, in your casual and competitive matches. And so they see how you perform there and then they'll place you in a grouping and then they'll place you in one more grouping based on your location in the U S I know that was a lot, but <laughs> we're buzzing right now. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned Rocket League, my favorite game, and I still play it because there's nothing better than shooting 12-year-olds in the face. Oh, Call God. Of Duty. Well, that's only because Jeremy won't play with me at all. But uh, tell me about that. I, I mean, that, that's a big national franchise. It's it's always on the national stage. You see where they have the million-dollar you know uh, matches and things like that. Is that as big in the e-gaming realm as you know the Fortnites, the Overwatch, the uh, Apex Legends, and all those? Yeah. So COD is one that we're looking to dive into this semester. We haven't had a COD team before, um, mainly because the NECC doesn't offer a COD league but nace does so if NECC doesn't pick one up we'll play cod and nace and so the way that it works is same thing you get placed in a division and you play a weekly match right and if you have any knowledge of like the the mosh pit the cdl mosh pit that's in cod currently you'll play a best of five where it goes s and d control domination and then control again and domination again and you know first of three wins and so that racks up your win total and then they break it down even further to rounds one and to, to matches one and matches lost. And, and that's how the ranking system would go. So at the end of the season, based on your division, you know, if you're in second, you'd play the guy. If there's eight teams, you'd play the, the team in seventh um, and go from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they very well mirror the professional league as far as competition goes. And that's what I love. So what games are you guys playing at the, or what did you play last season? Yeah. So last season we had uh, Valorant, which I will get into that. Very happy about that one. Um, Rocket League, League of Legends, Overwatch 2, and Super Smash Brothers Crew. And then we had, uh, we had a few games that were kind of on the back burner, but we had players for like Madden, um, 2K. We had some um, Apex Legends players, Fortnite players, but those games are tough to find collegiate competition um, as you know, they're, they're battle royales and there's, you can't really do a league for a battle royale. So we're trying to find a solution to that, to get them regular competition outside of just the tournaments that they offer in the game itself. Um, but the NECC, we did super smash brothers, overwatch two league, rocket league and Valorant. You touched on it just a little bit earlier. You mentioned the Sun Belt, and you've mentioned all these leagues. What 
is there anything happening as far as like a kind of a unification of schools that are under the Sunbelt umbrella for other sports? Yeah. So it's, um, it's really tough to say because, you know, we'll play whatever school signs up. If they have the talent to play in an upper level division, they can't like Northwood. I don't know their exact classification, but they're not a division one school. So, but they're the best of the best. Um, so us being a D one school, we're still going to run into D two schools, D three schools. And like I was telling you guys, there's even some, you know, aeronautics schools in here and aviation. Um, but if, as long as they have the players and they want to make teams, they're, they're able to play. Uh, it's not, it's not broken up into uh, university size or anything like that. So um, Sunbelt, you know, we got, we're trying to get something where it's strictly Sunbelt competition. Um We've been working on that for a little bit and I would love to just kind of run our own thing, but we're trying to get some, some approval and, and it, I can't say, I can't get much into it just because I honestly don't know where it even is myself. It's just been back and forth so much. Um, but there is something that you had said too about you know, the A state uh, team is a club team. You said that some others are, 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 are scholarship teams. Would that be a problem if some of the Sun Belt? Uh, programs or scholarship teams and some were club teams. Can you mesh that and it works out fine? Or is there some sort of roadblock there? Uh, you know, I, I can't exactly say which ones are scholarship teams. I think there's a few in the Sunbelt that are partial scholarship. I want to say Southern Miss is one. Don't quote me on that. However, uh, we're going to find out. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. The, um, but honestly, I believe that our players, even though they're not scholarship players, they can compete at the highest level, uh, no matter what the title is. Um, there's not a, we don't have a team that's like, oh, they shouldn't even been playing at all because they're not good. We have, we have players that are in the highest ranks of every game that we compete in and they're not on scholarship. They're just here naturally. So how did A-State do this year? I know you're eager to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last, okay. Okay. Let me let me start from the top. Okay, good. Um, I'm gonna scroll up. All right. So in fall of 2022, um, Valorant went three and six. But again, I'm stoked about Valorant for the next semester. So they made it to the quarterfinals, finished fifth in the regular season out of eight. Um, all these are eight team divisions. Super Smash Brothers, bless their heart, they can't get anything going just yet. They were two and five uh, in the fall season. League of Legends. They go nine and two, but they started in out of the four rungs, four being the lowest, one being the highest. They start in the third rung and get bumped up after two games because they said, hey, this is too easy. We want to play better competition. So they got bumped up to level two, and then they finished their regular season in second place and then won the championship. Oh, nice. So we are League of Legends champions in, in the fall. Rocket League went seven and two, finished the regular season in first place, and got upset by Cumberland. Oh, that damn Cumberland. I know. In the quarterfinals, <laughs> um, we're actually gaining a player from Cumberland who's transferring here. Uh, and he's going to be electric. So very excited about that one. And then Apex Legends play in, played in the ALGS qualifiers, which is the pro league of Apex Legends. Um, it wasn't worth putting where they finished in the qualifier. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, if, you, if you enter a pro league uh, uh, contest, Mm-hmm. Do you get pro league bucks for that or is amateur? Yeah. Are you not? Okay. I was wondering. Yeah, no. So if, if we were to enter any kind of tournament that offered prize pools and stuff like that, where we definitely are entered into winning that um, like the NECC offers a membership. Um, you pay a fee up front and at the end of the year, you're entered into, or based on your positioning in the two semesters, you get points and then you go to nationals. So we weren't eligible for nationals because we couldn't pay the membership fee, but I learned that apparently the university covers all kinds of league membership fees, no matter what the sport. So we'll have that this semester and we'll be eligible for nationals. And uh, I, I think, I think Valorant could have won their national if we were there, but thank you, Jeff Puritan for helping out with the uh, finances. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then spring of 23, the most recent season Valorant was by far the standout. They went 11 and one finished the regular season in second, behind limestone who is undefeated and then we meet them again in the championship and beat limestone to take home a championship 
and I'm sure if you haven't seen the clip, it's on the A State Esports Twitter. I posted it to A State Barstool today. So I will be sure to check that out. So <laughs> what what would we see if we looked at that clip? Yeah, and and you know, if you we always post clips on there so people can see what's going on. We normally post the last few seconds of the game or, or anything. So in that clip, um man, I can't remember the round, but it's it's game five of a best of seven. Um, we're up two to one. And so, I mean, it's just like, it is what it is. I think it, we just rolled through them and it was a four V one and we ended up finding the last kill and, and took it home. And we were all just ecstatic in the booth. Cause, cause our caster, his name is Squidsky. Uh, <laughs> and he, like I was telling you guys, he wears a suit to every, every event. And I don't know why, because it's hot as anything in the booth. And he is just screaming. So definitely turn your volume down for the clip because he's very loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were electric for that one. Smash well, Brothers. Go I don't know about you. And guys, back me up on this. I know Tibbs, Tibbs, when you're playing Call of Duty, do you get a little loud? Do you get a little like a uh, little boisterous? Do you, do you start yelling at the screen? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane, I, I know I, I don't know if you dabble as much as we do. Do you do some? Some some gaming, a little bit. I play with my kids mainly. But, okay, uh, well, yeah, that's a it's loud. Yeah, you got what you got. Marshal what you say when you're playing with your kids. I play upstairs. You know, I play uh, on on Sunday nights. I got a little group. We play a little Call of Duty, and it gets a little colorful. <laughs> so I I I need to know, uh, feeling, does it get a little colorful on your end? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> um, so. I try the to, rules governing that. Yeah, so I, I try <laughs> I try to tell the players you're an extension of not only the A State Esports team, but you're the extension of Arkansas State. So it's it's the same as if you know a football player was out in public and just yelling obscenities. Like you don't want to do that. Nice. And so um, when you're casting, you're not able to hear our players from the casting booth. So during the game they kind of have free range, but they normally hold it back because some of them are streaming on their own to their own channels and stuff. Uh-huh. So it's all, it's been a thing since, since the inception of it is like, if you are just being overly vulgar, you'll get a talking to or a suspension or something like that. But like, I mean, gaming is gaming. You're going to, you're going to curse. It happens. Um, yeah. If it gets out of hand, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, no, still no need to say that stuff. Okay. <laughs> like you just, you get caught out of position and that guy's better than you. Just relax. And yeah, because I've been on the receiving end of some obscenities I would never repeat in my life. I, I will say that the, the collegiate competition is very cordial. It's not like okay. a public match where, <laughs> where you don't know who's on the other side and they're just yelling at you and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it can get, it definitely can get heated at times. How well received is uh, esports amongst the other sports? I mean, I know y'all are uh, maybe not necessarily hanging out with uh, Butch Jones, the the werewolf of Jonesboro, but uh, how well received is it by the the other sports around campus? You know, I've tweeted at Butch a few times. He's Ooh. yet to get he's yet to get back to me. What? I look, I love Butch. Okay, as I grew up in Memphis, so I know him from his Tennessee days, and I know he's hated in the state of Tennessee. I'm a Butch fan. I like Butch. So I, I definitely want to collab with either football or basketball. Um, at one of the recruiting events that we did, some of the basketball guys walked up and they were asking if we had a 2K team. I was like, not currently, but we'd love to collab with you and like, you know, have you guys come out and play against our guy in 2K. And so maybe we'll get that rolling sometime. Um, but as far as, you know, reception on campus, there's people that I barely know. And they'll overhear me talking about it. And they're like, yeah, I saw on Twitter that y'all won this thing the other day. I think that's super cool. So it's starting to catch traction a little bit. People are starting to know that we're here. And that's that's my goal. I want to I want everybody to know that we have this awesome space and we want to compete. Like we just we just want to compete and be the best in the state of Arkansas, which I'm not, it's not official, but I think we're the best esports university in the state of arkansas let me ask you this have you guys played university of arkansas we have did you kick their ass in rocket league yes 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we played. I don't want to hear about eight losses. I just want to hear that we kicked the University of Arkansas's ass. We did. We played them in Rocket League last (laughs) semester and we beat them. So this is such a long way from from mom always telling us, get off there. You'll never make anything with your life. (laughs) That's right. So that that does kind of remind me, you know, there's some big movie coming out, Gran Turismo, which Sort of seems to imply, and I guess it's a true story, that the, the some real life racers grab some kids or or some 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 e athletes off the internet and turn them into real life uh, racers. Is this a real story or is this complete bullshit? I I think that's true because I'm I'm a PlayStation guy myself, and you can only play Gran Turismo on PlayStation. So, growing up playing Gran Turismo, I know it's a very difficult game to learn. Um, I mean, yeah, they took the best eight Gran Turismo's players and they were like, hey, let's actually put them in a car and let's see if they can drive. And most of the time, the best players anyway already had the rig with the steering wheel and, and, yeah. the, gears and, and the pedals and everything. So they kind of knew what it was like, but they had never been behind the actual wheel of one of these supercars. You know, one of the one of the scenes in the clips, you know, I haven't seen the movie, of course, but I've seen the, 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 the trailer a couple of times. And they have this moment where the, the hero of the movie says, I've raced this track a thousand times. And that seems like that's a real thing. Like, yep. I, I imagine that real NASCAR drivers and real race car drivers, they get out there and that's how they practice the course. And I, I, so I, that, I guess what my point is, the, 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 the line between reality and what you see digitally has really merged. And I guess that's why it makes sense to have an esports league because of that merging. It's it's almost it's almost as if you know you're actually there doing these things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even if you look at some of the sports games now, like you look at PGA, the 2K PGA game, those courses are hand in hand exactly what it is in real life. And I mean, you don't have a golf club and you're swinging it, which you can in VR now if you yeah. have one of those. But you know, the 2K games are so accurate. You could play Pebble Beach a hundred times and then on the game, and then you actually go to Pebble Beach. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this hole. I shanked it into the mm-hmm. ocean three times before I finally hit it on the fairway. Yeah, you know where the hidden bunkers are? You yeah. Know how the green breaks. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's uh that's really crazy, especially going back to what we were talking about, Atari and and Nintendo, where where you you really had when you played those games your mind had to fill in the blanks a lot in terms of imagination. So if you're playing Yars Revenge, you know, you had, you had to imagine what you were flying was an actual ship that you're blowing up an actual force field, even though it was all this four and eight bit graphics. Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely come a long way. Um, and that's why I love to tell people like, we're super lucky with the equipment we have. Cause even the new games that are coming out that are very hardware intensive, we can run all of them at the highest specs, no matter what. So it, we stay competitive. Our computers aren't obsolete yet. They, I'm sure they eventually will because that's just how computers work. <laughs> More stuff comes out and it's just impossible for it to keep up. So we'll have to upgrade. I don't know when, but right now we're very up-to-date and competitive. And I mean, especially even Call of Duty, like the Call of Duty graphics are have come a long way from yes they have cod four and, and wherever they started so uh just to put a bow on our interview fielding uh first of all we, we thank you for your time but could you tell us how you got into not necessarily esports but video games in, what was that first game that really captured your uh imagination i uh i had a ps2 that was my first console <laughs> and so the game that sticks out is um who's uh, theme park tycoon it wasn't the roller coaster tycoon it was sims theme park i remember tycoon. that one yeah and so i still actually have that ps2 at home and then i downloaded the game again on my ps3 so it's still something i go back to and play um and then there's a, a crash bandicoot tag team racing nobody nobody knows what that one is i've never heard of it everybody loves crash bandicoot the platformer but there's a there's a crash bandicoot racing game where you can merge your car with another car and it puts like a weapon on the top and it's and then you're it's in this theme park and you got to go to the different worlds and beat the different world that one by far my favorite of all time um you just can't you can't get anything like that anymore 
Well, Goody, I guess you'll never have the 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 thrill of having to blow into a cartridge, <laughs> try to get it to work, plug it in. I don't know if you ever got to play the ET game from Atari, but that was a huge uh, that was a huge moment in time. Never had that one though. Very disappointing. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever get to play it, you, you might find it amusing in its disappointment. Feeling goody, Thank I'm you. gonna do my best. <laughs> To get the word out about a state esports i'm going to make sure that kara ritchie does the same <laughs> and damn it i'm going to try to get a hold of butch jones I'm yeah gonna say, hey listen man you need to get in with this guy yeah he's playing uh he's playing uh uh oh gosh john madden yeah man he might know a little bit more about coaching than you do yeah. buddy if you guys ever come out to a football game like we we set up a table last semester it was the coldest football game of the year i forget who we were playing we set up a table and had a console out there and kind of recruiting for the team. And so we have collabed that way, but not directly with Butch. So I would love to have Butch Jones come play Madden with us in the HQ sometime. So, you know, I'm Butch, I'm calling you out. Okay. This is, I'm, I'm calling Butch Jones out right here. You versus our guy in a best of three on Madden. Damn. I love it. I, will, I can't wait to see who he picks because I know <laughs> yeah. he's not going back down from that challenge. We, you know, Tibbs and I, we're going to see him personally at the uh, Sunbelt Media Days. If I don't get, contact him before then, I will definitely make sure he knows about this challenge that you've set up, that you have thrown down the gauntlet. That's bring badass. It, bring it on, Butch. We'll put it on the Jumbotron in First National. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Guys, that was a great interview with Fielding. Not Felding, like I called him at the beginning, but Fielding. What was his what was his call sign? His handle? Goody. I don't know. Goody. Goody. But but I was waiting on you to commit right on the spot, saying, Hey, I'm going back for a master's and, and, and I'm ready to I'm ready to join. Uh, let me tell you, man, I am god awful at video games. My eyesight is getting bad. I'm slow. I'm I'm just I just I just don't have it anymore, but God bless these young people bringing in new sports to the table. That is just that's awesome. I think it's great, and now I think it's time for our parting shots, our plugs, and our promos. That's Shane's and, favorite game. <laughs> it is Shane's favorite game, and we're gonna make him go first. Okay, I've got one. You've got one. You've got one. It's for, it's for you, Jeremy, because. Your video game, your best video game days are behind you. Yes. And you didn't get your River Raid t-shirt. <laughs> I've done a little research while we've been sitting really? here working. River Raid was made by Activision. Yes. Which is a company that's still, They're still alive there. and kicking <laughs> with their headquarters in Santa Monica, California. I've got the address if you want to write them again. Maybe we should have all of our listeners write that Jeremy needs his River Raid t-shirt that he never got. You cheapskates, you guys owe me a River Raid t-shirt and I want it. So write to 2701 Olympic Boulevard, Building B in Santa Monica, California, 90404. Those write guys. a letter <laughs> campaign, flood them with letters so Jeremy gets his t-shirt because his best video game days are behind him. He just admitted it. We're all getting old. Yeah. He needs to celebrate those glory days. I reached my peak, defeating River Raid, damn it. And I want the respect that I earn. <laughs> uh, thanks for finding that. Dibs, do you have a plug, promo, or parting shot? All this talk about NIL. Uh -huh. And this is the cake that drives it home of how ridiculous NILs have become. Ooh, okay. Six figures will be going to the nine-year-old in an NIL deal signed after he completed his nine-year-old league in Snoop Dogg's Inner City League. Oh, Gali Wadu oh. is signing a six-figure NIL deal at nine years old. I don't even care about the details. I don't care if it's in the trust fund for later. Are you kidding me? Tibbs, remember when like coaches would sometimes like 
like get like some cheap free press by saying, yeah, we made an offer to this 15 year old in high school because we like him so much. You never knew what happened to that kid. You never knew if he ever took that offer or not, but it would make the news for a little bit. Is this what's happening here? Or is this like legit? Is this like a legit nine-year-old who who is already so good that we've got to invest actual money into him now? I remember back at, at, at a, a National Signing Day event that we had in high school. <clears throat> okay. And I thought it was so cool to go there, support my teammates as they were signing. They were a year ahead of me. And then I realized... What you see of them signing at that particular day was a box score from last year's game <laughs> because they had already FedExed in or faxed ah, in their NIL package. This is the cruel uh, reality. <laughs> the nine-year-old was signing something. Okay. So for all we know, it was, you know, a, a paper that he wrote last year. Yeah. But, but yes, he, he put pen to some piece of paper, and it is a sad state of affairs in my book. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can see that. All right, well, I guess I'll end with my parting shot. I don't have a plug or a promo. I mean, of course, read HowRazor.com for the most penetrating information about Sunbelt and Arkansas State. But, uh... I think it's great that he froze. Uh, yeah, graphics have gotten to the point where, yeah, well, well, oh, my internet's unstable, so it might not even happen. Just like but, its owner. Uh, yeah, I'm completely <laughs> unstable. I, I blame video games. But it used to be when you were a kid and you played video games, you had to use your imagination to kind of fill in some of the gaps, right? You know, the 8-bit, the 4-bit, whatever, uh, the graphics. It was almost a little bit like storytelling, and you just had to use your imagination to kind of to, to make it work out. And now the graphics are very good, uh, and the gameplay is such that it feels like reality. I, I remember when my second son was born, I spent a lot of time up a lot, like up at night. Uh, waiting to do feed duty or whatever and i was i spent the the downtime playing uh 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 uh, oh god what's the game where where you you're in a gang grand theft auto grand theft auto san andreas it was great you lived open world you can do all these missions and stuff it was perfect it was great you know you you can kill a lot of time so one day my wife sitting down next to me and i'm playing Grand Theft Auto. And she says, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just getting a little bit of cash. I'm out of money. She goes, no, what are you doing here? Said, and what I was doing was I was taking a baseball bat and beating pedestrians with it so I can take their cash. <laughs> and I realized that there was something really wrong with that. <laughs> there was something just egregious that that was the way I got rewarded was beating people over the heads with baseball bats and taking their money. Women, children, old men, it didn't matter who they were, they were getting my baseball bat. <laughs> so I began to kind of realize, man, what kind of effect is this having on me that I could be t- completely desensitized? So I don't know. I, I I love video games, but we do have to kind of w- remember that it's not reality. It's just kind of like a, a, a departure from reality and just make sure it doesn't become your reality. Those bills aren't going to pay themselves, Jeremy. <laughs>